Welcome to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. I am David Lindsay, co-founder, lead educator, and speaker at Phenom Leap Education. At Phenom Leap Education, we believe people have so much more inside of them than they realize. And through our services, we help them become the best versions of themselves possible. Beyond the individual, we also believe that company culture is such a large part in creating a business that not only survives, but will thrive through the tough times as we have all been through the last few years. So over the next 20 to 30 minutes, we'll be shining a spotlight on businesses that have achieved this and how you may be able to incorporate some of their ideas and philosophies into your business. Stick around until the end and I'll reveal how you can become a guest on a future podcast. Now is the time to sit back, take down some notes and enjoy this episode of the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. In today's episode, I'm excited to introduce our guest. He's the founder and chief inspirational officer of the Myers Development Group and host of the Dream Catchers podcast, Jerome Myers. Welcome to our show, Jerome. And why don't you introduce yourself, your business, and of course, the Dream Catchers podcast. Man, I'm so grateful to be with you, David, my brother from down under, man. That's That's so good to talk to Man, one day I want to get down there. It's crazy. I, when they had the Olympics in Sydney, I told my mom I was going to go. And she yeah. was like, okay. I was 18. She had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. She didn't Where really think I was going. Where is that? And yeah, was, yeah, yeah. So I think it it's so cool to talk to Aussie, when the Olympics man. was here. Everything went perfect. The weather was perfect. Just it couldn't have gone any better. I wish I could have seen it. But... <laughs> Nonetheless, man. So, hey, guys, I'm, I'm Jerome. I'm in the U.S., a little ways away from probably where the majority of the listeners are. I dropped out of corporate America back in 2016, built a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio, got a little nervous about how isolated I was and realized that my real passion was helping other people live the lives of their wildest dreams. I, I did a lot of that in my last job in corporate. So I started focusing pretty heavily on coaching and the leadership development in 2020. And, you know, in January 2020, we did four coaching calls. In December of 2020, we did 50 six or so coaching calls in the year of 2021 we did about 750 calls in this year we're we're knocking right at 700 already so super excited about the traction that we've gotten there and the impact that we're able to make on the lives of other people Mm. that that sounds super exciting congratulations on that growth and not just the growth in the normal sense as well the growth during the pandemic during the past two two and a half three years that's outstanding and how have you found starting the business just before the the world closed down really yeah that was interesting you know the real estate business is slow right and so 2016 i didn't really start making any real money until 2017 2018 as we got through some of the cycles of the flips that we were doing in the apartment buildings we were buying and then when we made the pivot, it was slower, but then it grew pretty quickly towards the end of the year in 2020. And then 2021 was, 
you know, something that we couldn't have expected, exponential yeah. growth. And then 2022, it, it just grew at a pace that we didn't think was possible. So, you know, when, when, when you're entering into a space and you're entering into this space for the right reasons, I think opportunities present themselves to you. And the th other thing that I learned during the pandemic was the majority of my clients doubled their businesses. They doubled their revenue during the pandemic. And that gave me the courage to believe that, hey, we could keep going. We've got something special here. And I know it's not all about money and our model isn't all about money. In fact, we start out with reducing stress and then mm -hmm. from reducing stress, we go to improving health and then we focus on prosperity. Yeah. But we don't stop there. We also take it to the next level of creating legacy. And so when we saw people making these strides and we knew we had a small part in it, it, it helped build and bolster our confidence that we could actually mm. outside of the constraints of a fortune 500 company build something that was meaningful and lasting. Yeah. And like you said, it's yes, money is good and we need money to survive. But if you're doing it just for the money, that's where people hit that wall. That's where the, the world falls out from underneath them. But you were talking about all these other ones. And the one that I love as well is the final one is, creating that legacy you create that change change creates growth confidence money's a, a great side product but legacy is the ultimate one i think so so we've got a model that we call the red pill yeah. and in that model you go from self-image relationship and work that's all the stress in your life then health and then prosperity when you get to prosperity most people feel like they've self-actualized. They've got to figure it out. Life is good. It's comfortable. But eventually they start asking a couple of questions. One, mm. is this really it? The other one, what was it all for? And it's yeah. in that place that they realize that they don't have fulfillment. So that's when they need to make that next step of making the legacy play. Mm. And, you know, in our model, we call it significance because we true believe that the only true success is having significance. Yeah. So we just kind of weave and navigate those pretty treacherous waters <laughs> as people try to figure out what's important and what's not when yeah. they're making those investments. Yeah. And just like you said, you get through the waves and they're not just the waves dumping on top of you, but then you have sharks and it's just about how you go through each individual obstacle and it has its own merits and its own pitfalls. A thousand percent. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people think, well, life is just so much easier when I have money mm -hmm. and it's just a different type of problem. Yeah. And the things that may have bothered you when you were smaller, like fixing a tire may not bother you as much anymore, but there's something that has another zero on the price yeah. tag that you have to deal with because of your difference in income and ownership. Yeah. Well, I guess it's very much like the song, Mo money, mo problems. So it's it's just like you said, it's different problems. That it's yeah. just because you have money, you might have millions or billions in the bank, but you're telling me that they don't have stress, they don't have massive problems to deal with. So right. money is not the the end result. It's all about the journey to get there. Is that that basically you agree? I don't it's not so for me, it's not so much about the journey as it is what you do with the tool. Right. Yeah. I believe money's a tool. It's an amplifier. And so it makes you more of who you are or less mm. of who you are. Either one of those depend. Well, 
it shows more of who you are. And so if you're not a great person, it's going to amplify that. If you're an amazing person, then it's going to show through and you'll get more notoriety and exposure. And so it's really, what what are you going to do with the tool? And, you know, the journey is important and I don't want to push that under the rug. The journey is important from the standpoint of you have to become a different person in order to attract that level of wealth, prosperity, uh, time freedom, and then the ability to deploy your treasure or your talents into different organizations. Yeah. You know, I understand that a hundred percent because like you said, morphing people, people wouldn't follow the David back when he was a 16, 17, 18 year old. It took all that time, constantly evolution, constant growing, constantly becoming a different person, a different David. And no doubt it's the same with Jerome. Yeah. You know, that part's interesting. Um, you know, I think most people would follow the MMA guy. They, they're scared to get put in a headlock <laughs> or something, right? <laughs> yeah, by four. For me. Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, my leadership capacity was identified pretty early. Uh, I, I still remember a press release in, or an article, an interview from a high school football coach. And he, he said, you know, Jerome is the leader of this team and he understands the defense as well, if not better than most of the coaches. And that for me, that credibility piece, right? The understanding of it, the ability to anticipate what's going to happen, looking around corners and looking over walls is the thing that I think people are looking for. They want to know that the person knows where they're going. And with that level of certainty, they can get excited to follow that person there because they believe the outcome is going to be favorable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I love what you say there in the, like the visual aspect of it, of many people, when they come up against an obstacle, they're that close to it and all they see is the wall. But getting someone like you on board enables, well, you can drag them back and then all of a sudden you see it's not that high or there's a door just there, but there's different ways to overcome obstacles. It's not that wall in the face. Yeah. Me, me and my buddy James talk about this every now and again. And it's and the story, right? I, I was on the way to the airport the highway was locked down completely, no place to go, total parking lot, got on GPS on my phone because I knew I was going to miss my flight if I didn't do something. Mm. GPS rerouted me around the traffic, took me through some back roads, got me to the destination, right? The GPS had a different vantage point than I had, Mm. right? I'm on the ground. The GPS is in the satellites to see the traffic flowing. I sometimes we just need somebody to come into our life with a different vantage point. So another way that we um, we say that is, you know, you talked about pulling people back. Another way for me to say that is just a different vantage point. Yeah, hundred percent. Sometimes getting that little tap on the shoulder and go, did did you think about it from a different perspective? Maybe taking the longer route in the in the terms of mileage is actually the quicker way to go than trying to bustle straight through it yeah yeah for sure and i don't think muscle is the answer most of the time maybe no, in mma you can just not. muscle it but even when like you guys are doing like no, the wrestling, like holes in the jujitsu right yeah. like you you got to be able to roll and lean with it and adjust with it and yeah. I, I just it's a brilliant thing well that that's very much a common misconception where people go oh they're bigger they're jacked they're strong Whereas I, I say that because I'm not the biggest bloke going around. I used to fight at 65 kilos. 
So when I was sparring with guys that were 100 kilos was I use their weight against them. I use their strength against them because if I want them to go to the right, I push them to the left, then they're going to fight back against it. They're going to push to the right and then I just trip them. So it's not using strength by any means because then you gas out as well. It's about having a yeah, different way of looking at things, using leverage, using angles and not definitely not straight through. You never want to hit anything straight on when it comes to wrestling. Then it just becomes a battle of brute strength. But if you can angle and it's a different way of looking at things, same as in business. The angle is the difference, right? Mm, so 100%. I think about it from a leverage standpoint. When I was in high school, I mean, in college, I played linebacker at 205 pounds. There were guys that were 300 plus who I had to figure <laughs> out how to maneuver around. And yeah. sometimes if I wasn't careful, those guys would swallow me up. Yeah. And so your point and business is the same way. Mm. You got all this stuff that's in the way. You got to figure out how to navigate, adjust, move yeah. around, et cetera. Right. And I just believe that that is amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing that you're pulling that out in this interview to help the people who are out there listening to understand mm. that you don't just have to brute force it. Nah. There's some finesse, there's some skill, there's some technique that you can use in order to get yourself to that next space and that next place. Yeah, oh, definitely. And that sort of goes along the conversation. I, I wrote down a testimonial that, that I got from your website and from listening to your podcast as well. I think it's brilliant where it goes that you are strong and clear, but at the same time, you exude a gentleness where that sort of goes in with, with the finesse. So, and I believe that's a fantastic mix of someone that's a coach to enable that, where you, you do have times when you have to be stern, but then there are times when you just finesse it around the corner. So do you believe, like you were talking about in high school, that you had a great way of looking at things? Is this something that you think you were born with or you've developed over time? I think it was developed over time. My dad... Mm -hmm was a man's man. He boxed in the Marines. He oh, yeah. helped people jump out of airplanes in the army. And so, you know, it was all about leadership. It was all about doing things the right way. Mm. And because of that, um, I just followed that image that he's still a superhero in my eyes. Yeah. And I just wanted to be like him when I grew up. Right. And so he emulated, I, I just emulated what I saw him do from a leadership standpoint. So yeah. I wasn't born with it. I had a great role model. And I, I just tried to do what he did. And some days I think I get close, but most days, you know, he's still way out ahead of me. Yeah. It's good to have that person to constantly be chasing. Cause I think it's Matthew McConaughey who says that he's always got that, that person that's five years, 10 years ahead. It's himself in that time. And it always gives you someone to chase, but I'm so glad that you said that because a lot of people that I talk to, they go, but David, you, you're just like this. Or they might go, Jerome, you were always like this. But they didn't see the years and years in the background, in the dark of working on yourself, constantly learning, taking stuff on, disregarding other stuff in order to get to where you currently are. Yeah, the, that time in the dark is the time that I think makes the biggest difference in our lives. Yeah. And we get rewarded for the work that we did in the dark, we get rewarded for the stuff that nobody saw us do mm. because when it's showtime, it happens, right? Exactly. And everybody's going crazy and they're like, oh man, you, you're a natural. You, 
no, man. Do you know what I had to go through in order to yeah. be able to do what we did here? Yeah. You know, nobody knows about the thousands. Well, some people do, but most people don't Very few. know about yeah. the thousands of reps you did or the hundreds of interviews you did in order to get to the place where you're critically acclaimed and highly sought after. Mm. People miss all of that. They miss the rise. Yeah. And I, I believe that's where the enjoyment, well, for me as well, because I've, I'm a fighter, a footballer, arm wrestler, boxer, you know, all those different things where people go, man, do you just enjoy pain? And I think there's an element that I, it's not so much I enjoy pain, but I enjoy doing things that other people aren't willing to do. Well, that's the separator, right? Mm. If I'm willing to do the thing and you aren't, then by definition, you can't have what I have. Yeah, you just can't. You didn't pay the price of admission, right? If I'm willing to pay three thousand dollars for a first class plane ticket so I can lay down and make my trip to Australia in comfort, and you <laughs> want to be cramped up and coach, then yeah. why you can't you unless do. somebody gives it to you that had that privilege that they could give it to you. But mm. if you want to get it on your own credibility, if you're on your own credentials, then you got to pay the price. Yeah, and somebody else bestowing opportunity on you is only going to take you so far mm. you still have to be the person to stay in the role mm. you still have to be that person because if not you're you'll sabotage and you'll go back to the place you you're supposed to be yeah so even like you said someone gives you that plane ticket you still have to be in the right position to take it move on and move forward it's like with with your coaching you might have had like you've done your hours and hours and hours and hours in the background and someone yeah. can still hand it to you. But if you fumble the ball, it's still a fumble. You're not going to get the praise for a fumble. You've practiced with wet, slippery ball so that you know how to hold it and how to run the right angles. It's being not just given the opportunity, but then you must take it with both hands and run with it. Man. Imagine not having practice with the ball, with it being wet mm. and slippery, and then getting into a game and expecting to perform at the same level you would in dry conditions. Yeah. It's impossible, yeah. right? And the same thing happens in business. Sure, you can do well when the economy is well. Sure, you can perform on a contract that was given to you. Sure, it's easy for you to run your business when people are lining up and they're really excited about the product offering. But what happens when things get tough? Are you really in the game? Are you going to fight or are you just going to fold up and shrink away because the conditions aren't optimal? Yeah. Because that's when you actually find out who you are, right? Yeah, Your back's on the so, mat in the MMA ring. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to yeah, get you, up you or are you just going to cover uh, up and get beat up? Yeah, for sure. And with that, what have you found like, cause I, I love using sporting terminologies because not only is it my background, but I believe everyone can understand it as well. But going back to the business side of things, have you seen, have you seen situations, especially in the past two years where company culture has been, cause I, I like learning from both sides, company culture that's been good, that has really elevated people like you and like, like your company You've had exponential growth over the last couple of years, but there's other companies that have folded up as a result of that. What really differentiates you and your business to, to be able to 
see these tough times as not a time to curl up and cry and go, poor me, but to excel. See, this is beautiful, man. And I think you've already said it. You like doing the things that other people don't like to do. The way that I would probably say it is I choose my hard. I choose my struggle and I'm used to the pain. I'm used to the suffering. So when it happens, I'm ready for it. Yeah. Right. And that dark side that that comes out and it allows you to get through the turbulent times so that you could get back to the yeah. good times. Right. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to be a monster. Nobody wants to be a warrior in peace times. Nobody needs them. They don't feel like they need them. But when it gets ugly, yeah, that's who you're going to hide behind. Right. Oh, that's 100%. who you want to go out and protect and defend you. You don't want the person who's all soft and squishy <laughs> and they're used to the air conditioner. You want somebody who's been out there and sweated yeah. and they felt the cold and they know what and that stuff is blood. and they know how to work yeah. through it. Yeah. It's a totally different experience. And mm. I don't think most people appreciate those experiences. They just want to get out of them as soon as possible. Mm. But my recommendation for people is to choose their heart. Yeah. Know that there's going to be some discomfort. Know that everything's not going to be cushy the whole time. Mm. And be ready to do whatever it takes to fight through that period so yeah. that when you get to the other side, you can enjoy the sunshine. Yeah, right? you, you, you don't so appreciate the sun if there's no rain. 100%. And also along with that, because I've got a great like terminology and I'll that I use as well, that if it's always sunshine, if there's no rain, you, you end up in a desert. You don't have the green, you don't have the tropical forest that we get the food from, that we get to enjoy. You don't have the swimming holes. So you need the rain, you need the sun. But I'd, I love what you said about choose the hard because yeah. so many people, they don't, they see hard and they do the best they can to run as far from, from it as possible. So what, what have you done? Is it very much because of your football background that gave you that mentality to choose the hard? You know, I would say that's part of it, right? I, I played sports from the age of five. And I'll never forget when we got to the place where we were doing two a days and the mountain climbers were so hard yeah. and the dew and the grass <laughs> would just soak your shirt as soon as you got out there and you were all dry and now it's a muck and your <laughs> shoes are wet and you're tromping through the thing mm. and you're like, man, this sucks. And then you get to the end of it and you think about how much stronger you got. Yeah. I, I learned that you get stronger through adversity. I, long, mm. I learned that you you become more determined when you have to go through something in order to get it. Mm. Like the outcome is imminent. Yeah. There, there's not confusion about what's going to happen here. Like mm. we we've been here and we've earned it. And I think that's probably the last piece of it. I I've been right or wrong, proud of earning my way. Mm. I, I didn't have the good fortune of somebody doing all the stuff for me. So I just walk into it. Yeah. You know, I when I came on the field more often than not, I wasn't the first person that got picked. I wasn't the fastest runner. I wasn't the highest jumper. But if you let me get on the field, I wasn't coming back off. Yeah. Because I was going to do everything that I was supposed to do. And I was probably going to do it better than and they then thought some I could well. do it. 
Right. Yeah. Right. And it was just so part of that is the mentality of the underdog, right? The mm-hmm. underdog isn't picked. And so you get used to you get this chip on your shoulder, like, okay, you're <laughs> yeah. gonna know you're gonna learn today. I'm not your I'm not the crowd's favorite, but I will be when it's over. Yeah. And I'll also be the opposition's worst nightmare. They might see this little guy come out, but by the end of it, they're gonna know my name. They're gonna go know your name as well. Yeah, yeah. And, that gets me fired up, man. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pumped up as well. Cause with with that, I love the the underdog attitude as well. Cause I know people and I've played with people that when especially when we were younger, I believe that talent can potentially be the worst thing a child can have. And people look at me funny when I say say that. And I want to see whether you agree or not. Because a 100%. lot of times when yeah, when kids have talent, they don't train hard. Like I played with, with a guy when we were 15, he made the Australian under 15 rugby league team. Two years later, he was the highest paid bench player in the under 17s. Yet I played with another guy who couldn't even make the rep teams at 15 because he was too little. He wasn't talented enough. He worked his ass off for years yeah. and years and years. Then when it came to the time when the money comes out, he's won championships in the NRL. He's played for Australia. And that's because of hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it goes back to earning it, right? It mm. goes back to nobody being able to take that piece or that thing away from you because you gave up so much in order to be in that position. Mm. And the thing that I'm addicted to in coaching is really tied to the growth. Yeah. How much can the person grow? How much better can they get? And the talented person they're usually capped, right? Because they've just relied on their natural talent. But there comes a point. Right, right. And then there comes a point where their natural talent isn't the differentiator anymore. Mm. It's the technique. It's the anticipation of what's going to happen. It's these other things that give you the edges that get you to that next level because the difference between folks shrinks pretty dramatically and i think that is probably one of the most challenging things that people go through is when they realize that i can't just rely on my talent yeah i can't just rely on my talent anymore i gotta do something else but i've never known i've never had to do it yeah versus the person who's been doing that for a decade or two and they they already know what it is to yeah every single day that discipline please yeah it's the magic and I think the people who went in business are the ones who are committed, the ones that have the discipline, the ones who understand it at a level of actually manufacturing the growth and creating the growth Mm. versus I just got a head start because I was gifted. Yeah. Or because mama or dada gave me this on a platter. Whereas I think it's funny. I think it's something like generally they say it's three generations of wealth where you get the parent is extremely wealthy. Then the kid is still extremely wealthy, but they lose a lot of it. Then the, their kid is less wealthy and then they lose it again until it works in that cycle again. And for me, it's the same. Like if, and I've heard Joe Rogan say it as well, you know, tough children. If you have a tough childhood, it creates an extraordinary adult because they've been through the adversity. They've been through the trenches. They've, They've had to eat stuff off the ground or even go without food as opposed to the ones that, you know, they're in the nice comfy beds 
and stuff like that. It creates character. I, it creates character. It creates appreci appreciation for the things that you have. And yeah. I think the last thing it probably does is it creates perspective, mm. right? Because when you've never had to do anything to get what you have, do you really understand what the rest of the world is doing? Like, are you mm. connected to your fellow humans? Mm. Or do you just create this narrative of superiority that doesn't actually yeah, work out when you compare the journey? Mm. Yeah, the appreciation. Where when, like, you know, you've worked your fingers to the bone, you appreciate that that wall, I built that wall blood, sweat, and tears, I've built it as opposed to sitting back, sipping the cocktails and go, off you go, off you go, keep building. And the skills, the resilience, the strength that you build from that works further on. And I'm, I'm sort of conscious of the time because I, I do just get carried away with all this sort of stuff. But Jerome, I, a question that I love to ask the guests as well is, what's three pieces of advice that if you could go back to a 15-year-old Jerome, What's three pieces of advice? Because And I tell people, it's not your children because your children just go, that's dad, that's mom. I'm not going to listen to them anyway. What's advice you'd give to a 15-year-old Jerome? Man, I think the first one is start now. Whatever that thing is that you think you're yeah. supposed to be doing, like some 15-year-old chasing girls. And, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> But what, what is that thing that you think you should be doing, right? Mm. Get clear on that because you have some inkling. What do you like? What just naturally excites you? Yeah. And start doing that now, figuring out how to do it. I think the other thing I, I would tell him is you have one life and it's not the things that matter. It's the people. Mm. So make sure you're spending time with high quality people because you won't ever be able to get that stuff back. And the third one, it's kind of funny, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> Take more pictures. Yeah. I I was in a in an accident, and much of my college and high school memory was erased. Yeah. So I don't remember a lot of events. I remember some people. I remember a few conversations. But in general, most of that stuff is gone for me. And so some days I just wish I had the pictures so that I could pretend to remember what happened, or at least yeah, I could even show the picture something. to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 went, I went through a period where I didn't take any pictures. Mo majority of it was college, but a lot of it was high school. And yeah. uh, I, I wish I would have taken more pictures so I, I could understand what was happening at that point. And yeah. Maybe some journaling would have been good as well. Yeah, no, that that's great advice. and. Yeah, journaling, because I, I didn't even think of that until you just said it now. That, yeah, write down your memories because you might have a great memory, but if you don't write it down, if you don't record it, it can be gone like that. Yeah. So, and with that, Jerome, I just want to say thank you very much for being a fantastic guest. And also, where can, where can our listeners find you and get in, and con, get in contact with you? Yeah, the best place to go is JeromeMyers.co. You can find all of our social media, our podcasts, all of the free content that we give away to folks. is mm. great opportunity to connect, and I'd love to learn more about your listeners and see yeah. if we can do something to help them on their journey. Yeah, and the podcast is brilliant. I've been listening to it all last night. Don't worry about that.
But Jerome, thank you very much. I'm sure our listeners got so much from it. I know I did. And just love your perspective on it all. Thanks, David. This was an honor. Thank you so much for listening to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight podcast. If you're a successful Chief Operations Officer, Human Resource Manager, or someone that runs a successful business that also has a great company culture, and you believe that you have a story to share with the wider community and would like to be a guest on a future podcast, please visit the link below. Or if you can think of anyone who you know would be a brilliant guest on this podcast, tag them in. And as always, feel free to share this far and wide. The further we can get this podcast, the more impact we can have. So don't forget to share this on all social media platforms and help others along the way. Don't forget to tag the DCCS podcast as I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. As we post regularly, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss episodes that will possibly help your business ramp up to a whole nother level. Your ratings and reviews go a long way to helping us get recognized and to promote the show. And they mean a lot to my team and I. If you want to know more, go to our website, www.phenomleap.com.au. P-H-E-N-O-M-L-E-A-P.com.au. Or follow me on LinkedIn and feel free to message me there. Thank you very much for listening and we look forward to giving you more tips on next week's episode.